This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Better bundle up, campers, because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. It is frigidly cold outside. <laughs> it is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This hour of the program brought to you by Ingalls Low Prices. Love the savings. The NFL action over the weekend was, well... Some head scratchers in there. I did not. You're in the sports tank. I up, son. I up. Okay, so four teams I'm good with. Eight teams I'm good with. When we started this conversation, going from the BCS to a college football playoff, I thought they needed to start at eight. But we knew that I knew that was too much to ask for. Mm-hmm. Start at four, expand to eight. I think we're at the point where we're ready to expand to eight. I can't really wrap my head around getting to sixteen, though, Jeremy. You're going to have to explain this to me. How, okay. What about this process made you go? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, it wasn't really a thing about this process. It was it, the, the information was put out in front of me, and I went, huh. Well, that could be fun. Okay. Here's what your matchups would be right now. This is based off what I think the college football playoff rankings are going to be. Okay. Your opening round, Alabama-BYU. That could be fun. I mean, Alabama's going to win by 50. Yeah. But at least BYU had their shot. (laughs) you, You got your shot. Okay. It wasn't a good shot. Oh, but you had one. Okay, I could I could pass on that. All right, Northwestern plays Notre Dame. That's a regional matchup. They don't hardly ever play each other. That could be fun. Okay, smart kids. I uh-huh. get it. All right. Oh, this is so, this is so good. Clemson plays USC. <laughs> I mean, it's a boat race, right? Here's here's what got me to go. Huh? Oh, look at that. Go see what Ohio State plays. Carolina, North Carolina, yeah, and I think Sam Howe could throw for about nine hundred yards on that defense. Yeah, and that would be a lot. Now, granted, Justin Fields Justin would Fields do the would exact do, same exactly. thing. Exactly, that was my point. I think that could be, end up being like a seventy to seventy-seven, oh, fourteen overtime game. But then you get Coastal Carolina and Texas A and M, Florida and Cincinnati, Indiana, Oklahoma, and Iowa State, Georgia. Okay, the middle. all of that is fun. There's nothing there that's not fun. Do I still ultimately think we get to Alabama Clemson? Yes, I do. But we play everything else out on the field, so why are we doing it's this? It's four weeks, though. Who cares? It's a long time. So what? Are you ta- Look, I'm just telling you, there's a time coming here where we're going to be talking about hot stove baseball. No, we're not. Lied. That was a lie. <laughs> I will find funny things to talk about that do not involve talking about baseball. So... But that day's coming. You're telling me three extra weeks of talking about college football wouldn't be fun for you? Uh, of course it would. That would be phenomenal. Everything yeah. I just I would watch every game I just said. Some of them fully know, knowing full well what would happen. 
before the game was played. But here's what got me. Pat Mack had a perfect point on this. Okay. All right. Let's say you do eight this year. Who's eight? Who's eight? All right, let's say Iowa State beats Oklahoma. Yeah. Iowa State beats Oklahoma. Indiana most likely falls out, I think. Right. Because you're going to have teams behind them that move. Okay. That means you're, you're going to leave out the eight champion would, of the Pac-12. Yeah. And you're going to leave out Coastal Carolina. Who's undefeated? Coastal would be eight, I would think. How? You tell me how that happens. Because they've been behind Georgia constantly. Mm-hmm. Hasn't mattered what they've done. Mm-hmm. So Georgia's going to be ahead of them. The winner of the Big 12 title game is going to be in front of them. Cincinnati, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama. That's eight. You tell me what team they pass because there's not one there. Yeah. That was not including Indiana, by the way, who's also in front of them, as is Florida. Right. That's the point. If you want to do this where you play it on the field, and and, and I think, I, I feel pretty sure that we have unveiled this whole student athlete thing for the sham that it is. If there's ever been a year where we've just looked at that and gone, well, that just doesn't matter at all now, does it? It's this year. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. Now they're talking about putting them in bubbles before the bowl games. Okay. Obviously, it doesn't matter. And, and I'll be honest with you, our executive producer on the morning show, the Sportsocracy, now found on sportscaster.com as well as YouTube Live and Facebook.com. He said this the whole time. There are no more snow days for children in school. Right. Same way, college, whatever branch of learning you're talking about, we have figured this out. I'm not saying it's seamless. I'm not saying it even works well. I'm just saying the days of snow days are done. And so to tell me that we can't do this, oh, because think of all the classes that the kids would miss. They're not going to class anyway. <laughs> it's very true. I'm te- You're out of arguments now. Right. Oh, well, why would we reward 16? Well, why are we rewarding Ohio State for playing five games? You want to play this game? I'm going to have a response for everything you say. They're going to get in. That's the point. Oh, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying moving forward, if you told me at the beginning of this year, I would be on this this show saying we should have a 16-team playoff, I would have said you were out of your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. I see it now. I get it. I get it. I see a path where it makes sense. I genuinely do. Because that would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of football. I don't think they're going to get on board with who's going to be four weeks to the season. But you're not adding four weeks. You're adding two weeks. Because there's already two weeks of games. You would only need no. two oh, more yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Who's gristling at that? I mean, you tell me. Every Pac-12 commissioner is going to go, uh, that's the only way we get in. True. For the, for the rest of eternity, that's the only way we get into this dance. <laughs> All the group of five is going to say, well, that's the only way you're going to let us in. Right. Team like Texas A&M, they're going to be on board. That's the only way we're getting in. Because mm-hmm. we're in a division with Alabama that we're never going to pass. At least not for the foreseeable future. I just, I'm telling you, if the momentum starts, and I think we're headed down that path because this is the perfect storm. We've had a short year where there hasn't been all that many games. We haven't had that that much opportunity to call that lower tier. Usually that 16th tier, you know, that, that, that tier where you're at like 16 overall, 
you don't have a team like, you know, a conference champion down there. You don't have an undefeated group of five team down there. You don't have a team that just beat a top 10 Miami team by a thousand down there mm-hmm. because there have been enough weeks. And, and I want to get to this after the break okay. or after the, after just about outside. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for the anger and I can explain it to you very simply. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Uh, Dabo Sweeney says he would have loved to play this past weekend. He would have had no problem with it, but he didn't make the decision not to reschedule games. That was on the league. And he doesn't think that the league is, you know, protecting him and, and Notre Dame. As was levied by SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, that the ACC was protecting its top two programs by giving them this past Saturday off. Um, Look, here's the thing. When you have a team in Ohio State who's only played five games and they're already getting the automatic nod into the college football playoff, you've got a conference that's already changed its rules just to get the undefeated team of five games into the uh, conference championship game. Uh, I don't think it's really Clemson and Notre Dame that Greg Sankey should be is, should say is being protected at this point. The entire administration over the college football playoff is bending over backwards to try to protect Ohio State's image. I just love the fact that Dabo Sweeney is going after him and saying, "Look, if we really didn't if we, if they really wanted to protect us, you know what they'd do? Call off the ACC championship game this week. Because honestly, do we need to play that game? Yep. To know that those two teams are in the top four? No. No, you don't need to at all. But this is what the SEC... This is why I don't understand what Greg Sankey said. You two have been on the same team the whole time. You want to be mad at somebody, be mad at the Big Ten, mm-hmm. be mad at the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Totally understand it. But the friendly fire at each other? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it either. But I love the fact that Dabo Sweeney is not pulling any punches. I don't think you I'm would normally I don't think you would normally see this. Uh if you know, if he if he didn't have two championships in the last four years, I don't think you'd see him coming out like this. But this is Dabo Sweeney already throwing around his Alabama weight. Uh this is Dabo throwing around his uh you see those rings? Uh, I got rings. I get to talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Me and the only two coaches in college football that can talk at the level I can are mm-hmm. Nick and myself. Yep. Uh, speaking of Clemson, I did want to throw this out there though. Um, if you've got Disney Plus, go on Disney Plus. See the new movie Safety. It's the story about uh, Ray Ray McElrathby, who adopted his uh, adopted his brother while he was at Clemson. And was having to juggle his, you know, football and try to find a place for his his brother to live on campus, sneaking him in and out of the dorm room and all of that, uh, and then winning a battle with the NCAA to get the waiver to be able to get help to care for his brother. Safety, it, it's a fantastic movie. I watched it last night. I give it, I give it four four and a half stars. Uh, I will watch that movie because I wanted to watch that movie, 
after last night, and we're going to get into this later, <laughs> your movie recommendations don't mean squat to me. We're going to start a new segment today in this show. It's called The 12 Days of Jeremy's Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch a Christmas movie every night from now until Christmas. And I'm going to level with you. You started poorly. Because one that you told me was one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. It was awful. It wasn't just bad. It wasn't just, oh, I didn't like it. It was top five worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And you're crazy. We're going to talk about the next hour. Mm -hmm. Top five worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Nope. And it's a movie that seemingly a lot of you like, and I can't wrap my brain around it. Yep. Former Baylor head coach Art Bryles resigned as head coach at Mount Vernon High School on Monday, the school announced. <laughs> yeah. Now you might be asking, why am I telling you a story about Art Bryles retire, uh, resigning at a high school? Very simply. Very quietly, Baylor basically said Art Bryles knew nothing. This report came out last week. And I, I can't remember the exact line, but basically it, it the, the report concluded by saying, we are not aware of any conduct on the part of Coach Bryles that should serve to foreclose consideration of him as a candidate to coach football again at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. As soon as that went out, and nobody covered it. I saw Clay Travis threw it out on Twitter for Thursday or Friday. Nobody covered it. You know what I immediately started hearing? Art Bryles is going to get a coaching job in college football, and it's probably going to be this year. Yep. The reason Texas Tech came out and said Matt Wells is coming back? Because they had already been linked to Art Bryles. Of they've they've discussed this. They they came out today and said we're going to retain Matt Wells. He's going to have to have a new offensive coordinator. The reason they did that is because the smoke with Art Bryles was getting really thick. Do you think he gets a job in Power Five though? Not at first. The the here's what I can't. I I, I don't see a path of what I'm getting ready to say not happening. I don't see a path that Hugh Freeze is not the next coach at Auburn. Okay. I see no path to that. Okay. They paid tw- they are paying a $21.7 million buyout to Gus Malzahn. They're not doing that for Steve Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. They're not. So they have to at some point feel really good. Whoever the candidate is, whether it's Billy Napier, Hugh Freeze, on and on down down the line. There's somebody out there they feel $21.7 million before you pay their buyout. And before you pay them a cent, good about flipping this program. Mm-hmm. The only one of those I see is Hugh Freeze. That's it. I mean, I like Billy Napier. I think I like him more than just about anybody. Yeah. I don't $30 million like Billy Napier. That's that's liking him a lot. I don't know that it's so much they've already got their eye on the replacement. Oh, it's 100% they have their you think so? that. That's how this works. Okay. I, I got news for you. This is this. That's exactly how this works. And, and, Take the journey with me. And I would wager you're going to hear Paul Feinbaum talk about this in a couple hours when he comes on these airways. Mm-hmm. Here's how this works. You never have like direct contact between the coach and the administration. It doesn't happen because then you get into all kinds of legalese and things like that. Here's what you can do, though. Whoever represents, whether it's you for ease or whoever the candidate is, the boosters, some people in the administration, they can have a little conversation of, How's he feel about uh, Auburn? Do you like Alabama? What's he think about that? <laughs> and if the representation goes, well, for the right amount of money, he does. Right. Then you start talking amongst yourselves. Well, I feel- then you start trying to raise the money with the boosters. 
Are the boosters upset enough to oust Gus Malzahn? Mm-hmm. The answer to that, I knew this a week ago. The answer to that was a resounding yes. I did not think Hugh Freeze would take this job. I thought he was waiting for the perfect spot, and Auburn is not the perfect spot. You're the second best team in your own state, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. But if he comes in and he is reasonably successful against Saban, beats him once in the next three years, then all of a sudden you can do whatever you want to. You know, maybe Auburn's not your net net job, and it's not the one you wanted to end at. Right. You can do whatever you want to. But Auburn is like that perfect, it could be your destination job. They'll pay you like it's a destination job Mm -hmm. and bring you out of liberty. And the reason that I'm telling you all of this is if that happens and Hugh Freeze takes the Auburn job, I will bet you a dollar to a popsicle that the next head coach at Liberty is Art Browse. Yep. And do you know why? Yes. And why is that reason? Ian McCall is the athletic director director at Liberty. He was also the one that resigned at Baylor. And hired Art Bryles. Yep. The tea leaves on this are just a, so obvious. It's, it's a perfect stepping stone and for him to get back into the top, into the Power Five. What's so funny to me is how I watched this unfold over the course of a week. I had heard that there were rumblings. In, I mean, everybody had heard that, you know, maybe they move on from Malzahn. Maybe, 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 maybe. Mm-hmm. I started hearing last week they've gone to the boosters, and the boosters are willing, willing to cut big checks. Oh, yeah. Because they have to cut an $11 million check to, to Gus Malzahn. By the beginning of the year, yeah, you got to be relevant. You got to be relevant if you're in the SEC and if you're in the SEC West. You can't keep getting dogged, and that's no. what Auburn has been doing for the past couple of years. Well, and I mean, and here's the thing: I think this. If you strike out on Hugh Freeze, and that's the guy that you were after, I, I don't see another one that makes sense to me. You might. Have gotten what you asked for because I think Hugh. I think Hugh has the. Uh, he, he's a client of Jimmy Sexton, isn't he? He is. See, and Jimmy Sexton is like the SEC guy. Oh yeah, he has all of the coaches, all of these buyouts and payouts and stuff. Will Muschamp and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he probably was Gus Malzahn's uh, agent as well. But he's like the agent to the coaches of the SEC. He's. Hugh Freeze is one of his clients. Oh, yeah. And I will guarantee you. And there's no doubt that this conversation was had. Oh, yeah. Because you don't fire Gus Malzahn unless you... I will be shocked if we don't know who the next head coach at Auburn is in the next 48 hours. Mm -hmm. You know why? What's Wednesday? What's Wednesday? National Signing Day. Ah, yes. Real hard for guys to commit to a school when they don't know who their coach is. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, really, think about the coaches that Auburn has had since... Pat die. We had Tommy Bowden for half a decade. How'd that end? Do, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Not good. Auburn got decimated by the NCAA because virtually everything Terry Bowden did was illegal. Mm-hmm. Then you had Tommy Tuberville. Everybody liked Tommy. He's a nice guy. Right. But he was always just, eh. He was okay. He was fine. Right. He was fine. And then you have, you have Gene couple, Chizik. Right. You have a couple of good years, and then you're no longer relevant. It's just like it, it's the same thing over and over again. They get a coach. They, they have a couple of good years, and then it's no longer good enough. Three to four losses is failure at Auburn. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where all these guys find Here's themselves. Here's the thing. All right. So the, the best coach of in our lifetime at Auburn was Tommy Tuberville. Mm-hmm. You know what his career winning percentage was at Auburn? 
Five fifty. Six eighty. You know what Gus Malzahn's was? Six sixty. I'm afraid Auburn's going to get what they asked for. Mm-hmm. If you can't, and and yet again, I can't emphasize this enough. I don't think they would have done this unless that Jimmy Sexton talk has already been had. Right. Of okay, we know Hugh's re- Hugh really wanted the Tennessee job. That was that's widely known. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody in the world doesn't know that. At least not anybody that would be listening to a sports show at three forty five on on a Monday afternoon. Right. I think that's widely known. It's pretty obvious to me that job's not opening. Phil Fulmer cannot swallow the frog on that one of I boo-booed and gave Jeremy Pruitt an extension before I should have. And now it would cost me 10 extra million dollars to get out of because of it. Mm -hmm. So they're going to let that ride for another year. Hope he keeps recruiting and he learns to be a better game day coach. And maybe he finds a quarterback because that's kind of important. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of a lot of moving and shaking going on as far as coaches are concerned around college football. We saw over the weekend, uh, Kevin Sumlin got cut loose at Arizona after they got pounded by Arizona State, <laughs> seventy. What was it? 77, seventy to seven. Seventy to seven. That's yeah. What that was. was that was one of my picks that I put out on social medias uh, solely because I ran out of time on this show. Right. And then you got Lovey Smith being cut loose after five years at uh, Illinois, where he was just god awful. awful. Yeah, he was he was bad, bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. That's a bad job. They had a they had a two and five season this year. Um, he was seventeen and thirty nine overall, and ten of thirty three, ten and thirty three in Big Ten play. Mm-hmm. That's a bad job. Nobody wants to say that. It's a bad job. Yeah, but they thought at least Lovey Smith, he's got, you know, name recognition. He coached in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's coached in the big leagues. He's going to come here. He's going to be able to turn this program around. No, he did not. Do you know how many 10 win seasons Illinois had in my lifetime? One, two, 89 and 01. That's it. Across Ron Zook, Tim Beckman, Lovey Smith, Ron Turner, John Makovich. It's not a good job. Dude that coached for the uh, Dave Wanstead, didn't he coach there? No, that was Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Okay. But I mean, it's, it's just yeah. not, it's not a good job. I don't, I don't care who the coach is. You throw somebody in there that hasn't recruited since 1995 and you ask them to be good in Champaign, Illinois, it's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Just like Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is a borderline impossible job. Now, I think that that uh, day that they just hired is a really good choice. Vanderbilt grad. That it's it's everything you wanted in that hire. Defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. But that's a hard job to win at. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a lot of jobs like that where the buyout's not huge. I think the big fish job is Auburn. I don't see any other big job coming open. Michigan seems to be – Harbaugh came out today and said, I'm committed to Michigan. Cool. Are they committed to you? Right. I have never doubted your commitment to Michigan. <laughs> I have doubted how happy they are to have you still here. Right. I can't see that continuing. It's going to. Oh. You mark my words. And it's going to be it's so gonna. bad. It's going to be so bad because if he doesn't come out next year and – win 10 games it's got to end right don't they have to cut that relationship loose well yeah i mean they do but i mean he's a lame duck coach next year Mm -hmm. next year's the end of the deal so i mean the question would be 
what exactly can you do? But, I mean, let's be really honest. Do you know who Michigan plays next year? I've, I've already looked up their schedule. Okay. They play Western Michigan, Washington, and Northern Illinois. That's their non-conference. There's nobody on their schedule that I look at and go, they easily are going to lose that until they play Ohio State. Right. So they could be 10-2 and two next year. It wouldn't shock me in the least. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to the, well, do we extend him? Like, what right. What do we do now? we got to find a quarterback. Yeah, and he struggled with that. But my team found a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you did. Florida State Seminoles. That Travis kid, he was pretty good. He was fine. Oh, that's not the guy you're talking about. Oh, yeah, Mackenzie Milton. You feel You feel real good about that? Mackenzie Milton comes over from UCF, and he's got... You know, he had the devastating injury to the leg. You think he could be able to to hack it in the ACC? Uh, I I do. I mean, this kid that would have been a Heisman Trophy finalist. So if he doesn't get hurt, this is a kid that probably winds up in New York after the Heisman. Now, granted, that was a much different offense. I get it. Right. But when I saw McKenzie Milton's transfer into Florida State, I went, Mm-hmm. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> it is the giving season, and you can give to the hungry here in Western North Carolina by supporting the Ingalls Giving Tree, the annual benefit for Mana Food Bank at the uh, checkout at all Ingalls stores in the 16-county service area of Mana Food Bank. They have available for purchase Ingalls Giving Tree icons. There's a $5 and a $10. Those represent t- 20 and 40 meals respectively, that will benefit local families served by Mana Food Bank. For every dollar donated to Mana, they can provide four meals to the hungry. The Ingalls Giving Tree. Buy your icons today at the checkout at your local Ingalls store. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com Coffee's the closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the war. Welcome back to the Sports Thing, ESPN Asheville 92.9, 880, and 1400. If you listen to my college football picks on Friday and you followed me on social media at J Green ESPN and all the other places that I give up picks, you went 12 and 6 over the weekend. Nice. From Thursday to Saturday. The NFL, you get it. <laughs> not as much. Not did do so good. I cannot stay away from seven and seven in the NFL. Seven and seven, yeah. eight and eight. Just seems like that's been my record every week. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do better this week, but I have one chance to fix my record and end the week on a high note. It's tonight, Monday Night Football, the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a three point favorite, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't understand that. This game's in Cleveland. I think Cleveland's the better team. I think the coaching is a, is a wash, and I think the quarterback's a wash at this point. I like Miles Garrett to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. I don't think he can throw to beat them. And if you're telling me a team's going to run and win this game, it's the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take the Browns plus the three over the 45 and a half. 
Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Yeah, I'm going to be on the other side of you on that one. I think, uh, I think Baltimore has to have this game. Oh, they do. If they don't win this game, uh, turn out the lights, the party's over. Right. They have to have it. They're going to get it. That is usually, usually that would be a, a real big thing to me. Mm-hmm. There's one difference in this game from how these usually go. Okay. The Browns never play on in primetime. And I think Kevin Stefanski is going to have their hair on fire tonight. Nobody believes in us. We have the fourth best record in the AFC. Mm-hmm. We can actually tie the Bills for the third best record if we win tonight. This is our chance at respect. We play so many one o'clock games and they're gross and it's cold and nobody watches it. This is our chance. Primetime reigning MVP. Let's go. Yeah. And that's what I think is going to happen. I'll be honest with you. It won't shock me if Cleveland blows them out tonight. I just don't think Baltimore's that good. I think their defense is better than their, that. Their defense is fine. I don't have a qualm with their defense. Mm-hmm. My problem is you can't score. You don't score easily. You score against teams that are bad. Right. And I mean, and they're, they're, they've, they have one game. They have one win in their last four games, and they're two of their last six. But how different is this Cleveland team from the team that they beat down at the beginning of the year? Markedly. And it's not even how different is this Cleveland team. How different is this Baltimore team? True. Yeah, here's a fun fun little stat line for you. In the first game, Lamar Jackson was 20-25, 275 yards passing and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a snowball's chance in Atlanta that that happens again? No. Because I'm going to say no. No, I don't think uh, I don't think that's likely to happen again. It's I think it's borderline impossible for that to happen again. But you never know. I really do. I don't think Lamar Jackson has that in him at this point. You don't have the weapons. You don't. I mean, to me, is it I just, just the attrition of the season. I think people have just figured him out. It's yeah. what I said about him when he came out in the draft. Is that he does one thing really well, and other than that, he's just average. He has an average arm. He has average receivers. Do you know how many times he's thrown for two hundred seventy-five yards since? It's zero. Mm-hmm. He's had two games where he was below a hundred. Right. He's broken two hundred yards three times the rest of the year. Yeah. And I just look at a Cleveland team that's going to try to gross this up, and they're so good at it. That line is so good. And Chubb and Hunt. Mm -hmm. By the way, fun stat I learned this week: How many games this year does Kareem Hunt have over thirty yards receiving? Four. Zero. Really? He hasn't done it one time. Really. That shocks me. It shocked me, too. You're in the sports tank here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. More coming up. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green alongside, as always, the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This hour of the program brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Drink different. In the NFL. <laughs> 
Uh, Jeremy's trying to convince me that that my team's not good. And I'm not, good. I'm not here. I'm not here for it. You needed. I'm not listening. You needed Dan Bailey to go uh, from rookie to all Madden to kick field goals uh-uh. and uh-uh. miss every one of them by the length of the building we're standing in right now. <laughs> and you needed a phantom pass interference call to beat the Vikings. Yep. Who, oh, by the way, went to overtime the week before with the awful Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying your team's terrible. I'm saying the blend of Bruce Arians and no risk it, no biscuit, and Tom Brady is uh, just not working. Not good. No, it's not working. I agree with you. Which pains me because I feel like we've got the horses to make a run. Oh, you 100% have the horses. But we don't have the game plan. The game plan's not there to make the deep run. No, because for some reason, Bruce Arians wants to throw it like Jameis Winston's still back there. (laughs) And noodle arm Tom Brady can't do that. Is there any doubt that this relationship between Arians and and Brady has to be dissolved in the offseason? Is there any way you go into next year with Tom Brady as your quarterback and Bruce Arians as your coach? I think think there is. I don't see it. But it's ill-advised. I don't see it. I see Tom looking at this going... Uh, Bryson DeChambeau's dad over here is starting to really get under my skin. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I I think there is friction there. A hundred percent there's friction there. As well there should be. But where do you turn? Josh McDaniels? I think this would be a very attractive job. There's always one that opens that we don't expect. I mean, you got one shot. That's the thing. Yeah. This is you. This is a one-shot deal. You bring a coach in, you got one year. You got mm-hmm. one year of Tom Brady, and then it's over. Now, you could do the John Gruden thing, get a new coach, come in, one year, win the Super Bowl, and then you're just, what? Then you got to go find your next quarterback. And where is he coming from? Because they're not getting a high draft pick. No, we know that. I mean, and it, and it's possible I mean, that unless, they just that, that they go. You know what? I don't want to learn another playbook. We're just going to lather up and do this again. Mm-hmm. But I don't see this combination winning a Super Bowl. I just that, that's why Tom came here was to win right. a Super Bowl. Right. He's got better weapons than he's ever had mm-hmm. before. The defense is supposedly so improved. Although yesterday it looked like Dalvin Cook could have done pretty much anything he wanted to, but he didn't because they got behind. Also, the problem with running teams. Mm-hmm. So the same problem I've always had with the Tennessee Titans. If you get behind, you're doomed. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to Minnesota. And you had a field goal kicker that I'm I. I would love to have an explanation for that, but I don't have one. These these teams up north, they just can't get it with kickers, man. The Vikings have been snake bit when it comes to kickers. The the Chicago Bears like. What is it about those jobs? Well, Dan Bailey's usually a pretty good kicker. This is the second time. His bad is horrendous. Yeah. He missed four kicks yesterday, and I think I think he's missed like seven kicks in the last three weeks or some, something like that. Well, the it's bad thing for Bailey is he didn't just miss them. Right. I mean, he missed them. It was never close. Mm-hmm. So you got to I'm, – I'm surprised we haven't seen that already. We haven't already seen the Vikings have cut him loose. Uh, wouldn't shock me at gotta, all. Right, you got to make a change. 
you have to make a change because there was a point in that game where they decided to go for it on fourth down just because they couldn't trust Dan Bailey again. He had already missed four kicks. That hampers your offense in a big, big way. And I did enjoy seeing all of the kickers, uh, former kickers on Twitter. Like, when is the NFL going to hire specialist coaches? Apparently, they don't like an actual coach for kickers. Like, you got the special teams coach. Yeah, that's supposed to. That's the coach. Right. But they don't have a dedicated kicker coach. Why would they? Uh, what, what are you, what, what, how would how exactly would that job work? Laces out, Dan. <laughs> like, that's is I that his know. whole job? I don't know, but apparently there are, there are several former kickers who believe that uh, that that is needed. Pat McAfee for the brand. Yeah, I love Pat so much. Uh, Jeff Reed is one that I saw on Twitter talking about that. Uh, I can't remember who out there was. There was another one. It's going to come to me in a minute. And kickers are kooky. Well, yeah. you want to, here's how you do it with kickers. You want, it, you want your kicker to be right all the time? Hire him a life coach. Bring in Tony Robbins a just to make coach. him feel good about himself all the time. <laughs> and based on what I saw at Dan Bailey, make sure he stays away from Goldschlager because that's the only explanation I've come up with yet. Dan Bailey went from a really good. This is the second time he's had a game where it was like, "Did you go legally blind?" Mm-hmm. Because you've missed both of those by thirty feet, easy. Although, still not the worst kick of the day. Who had the worst? Alfred kick Gross of the day? us. He fell down. Oh no! He fell down, still kicked it, and I'm pretty sure somebody's volleyball spiked it. How did I miss that? Oh, it was beautiful. It was Jacksonville Jaguar football 2020 to the <laughs> highest extreme. He slid into the ball. It barely got over the center's head, and one of the D linemen for the Giants just volleyball spiked it. Nice. It was, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a Jets fan. I don't really have a right to talk about anybody else's ineptitude. Very true. We were down 40 to 3 yesterday and went, you know what? I think we should just run this clock out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because at that point, what are you playing for? But Sam, God love him. He wants to be a Jet for life. Anything got to happen, Sam. I wanted to be a center for the Knicks. Right. And you know what? Sometimes dreams fade. Hate your luck, Somet- but Sometimes we have to settle for our <laughs> second choice. No, Sam Darnold is definitely uh, auditioning for the Chicago Bears job right I now. I feel like there's already a nameplate made for Sam's locker that says 16 Trevor Lawrence. Yep. There never has been a more, I mean, a more sewn-up position at I, the end of a season like this. I feel like Christopher Johnson has to be looking at Adam Gase every week going, so help me, if you win one of these games, I will make sure you never get... You'll be coaching Bailey football by right. the time I'm done with you. Right. I don't think you're going to have to worry about it, honestly. I don't think we have the ability. You only got three games left. It's like Ron White used to say about having the right to remain silent. But you don't have the ability. I don't have the ability. Yeah, <laughs> the Jets might have the desire to win a game. I don't believe they have the ability. Right. Yeah, the Seahawks demolishing the Jets yesterday. The uh, Carolina Panthers, for the local flavor, they lost at home to the Denver Broncos, 32-27. to um, That was just, a bizarre game. You know, too. I mean, 
they needed to lose. I mean, honestly, at this point, you just got to look at it and go, it's best for us to lose these games. There's no reason for us to win. I have a I have a weird story that just came out on ESPN. Okay. The Seahawks-Rams game in week 16 has been moved from 105 to 125. I don't think I've ever seen an NFL game kick off at 125 what, on a Sunday. Is it going to be on TBS? It's on Fox. What? <laughs> it's on Fox. <laughs> I I don't I don't get it. One twenty. I've never seen them do that. Yeah, no, that's a new one that's for a, me as that's well. That's a new one. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Is that Pacific time? Mm, no. Oh sh- yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. See, that'll there be four twenty-five. There, what? Why? 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 What? <laughs> I mean, God love you. That it's Brady Henderson. One. That's one of ESPN's beat writers. It, None of us live in the Pacific time zone, okay? <laughs> you got to use Eastern Eastern time. You need to make that much more obvious than <laughs> I didn't notice it. Right, okay. it's, it's right. East Coast bias here. Uh, yeah, I, I have that. Even though I but love what does that matter? Like, what is that? So we moved it back twenty I, minutes. Well, and I guess that's What's what the I, point. I guess that was my thought. Is well, why why did you tell me that? I don't I don't care. Sorry, didn't mean to derail for a minute. Well, I didn't right. see the PT at the end of that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's completely fine. Um, but, yeah, the Panthers have no reason to win any more games. Like, just keep Christian McCaffrey away from the football field, which I don't think they're going to do, which is going to be. They keep talking about bringing him. Just, like, it, it was all over their Twitter today. Right. He wants to play this weekend. Right. Why? There's no well, sure good that could come of that. Right. I'm sure he wants to play. He's a gamer. He goes out there and he gives it his all 125% every week. He wants to be on the field. He's, a, he, you know, he's, he's your blue collar workhorse guy. We get it. There's no good that can come from it. Only bad can come from that. Do you know who they play this week? The Panthers? Mm-hmm. No. It's the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and it's on Saturday. Because this is the week that we start doing that thing that it always feels weird. It never feels right. No matter how many times we do this, it always feels like like we're doing something wrong. NFL football on Saturday just feels bizarre to me. Right. So you got the Bills and the Broncos on uh, at 4.30 on Saturday, and then you have the Panthers and the Packers at 8.15, both on Woo. NFL Network. Woo. Hey, on the bright side, we're not allowed to go, uh, you know, Drinking at uh, until nine o'clock, so I'll be home for that one, right? As you should be. Stay uh, safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just move right on past that. Okay. <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts. I think they made the biggest statement of the weekend, beating the Raiders forty-four to twenty-seven. And you can, you said that this morning yeah. too, and I don't understand what you're talking about. What do you mean? They beat a terrible defense. Do you really feel different about the Colts than you today? I do. How? I do. Because I believe that the Raiders are a decent team. They're doing the same thing they did last year, which is completely collapse in the last six weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how they, they, they sent away the Oakland Raider fans last year? We have one last game in the Coliseum, and we got dogged by the Jaguars. Right. Woof. Yeah. I I I kind of remember that, but no, I think I I I don't know. I 
it's just a team that I looked at. And most of the most of the games that Indianapolis has won this year has been against bad teams, except for the Tennessee Titans. And this was just another one that I looked at and went, that's a pretty decent team that you just handled. I I just look at I look at the Raiders the same way I looked at them last year. Last year they started six and four and ended the year one and five. Mm-hmm. And I have a funny feeling it's gonna be something very similar to that this year. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that got just d- demolished by the Falcons two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Should have lost to the Jets. This team should have lost to the Jets. I, it changes nothing for me. Yeah, and their defense is an atrocity. I think it was just a it it was a quote unquote marquee win. This will go in the best wins category. The statement of the week to me was the Buffalo Bills. Well, and I that's mean, not even that. debatable. But I can't. I don't know. I don't know what to feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, you mean that eleven and two team? They have fallen right. They have okay. fallen apart in the last two weeks. And is it a concern going down the stretch? Is this Ben Roethlisberger? Is his thirty eight year old arm is not going to be able to carry this team through the playoffs? Is something wrong with that shoulder again? I know they're decimated by injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't look like that offense has any pop or spark anymore. And I don't know why. Well, there's one very simple reason. They can't run at all. I mean, their running game has been a 17 carries, 47 yards last night. Yep. Their longest rush was seven yards. They've ran for about 130 yards in the last three weeks. It's not a lot. You're, I would say you're probably pretty close. I heard that stat this morning. I don't know exactly, but it was somewhere in that neighborhood. It's like 134 yards in the last three weeks. Their running game is non-existent now, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we felt like this was one of the best running teams in the NFL earlier in the season. Their leading rusher over the last two weeks in any one game had 18 yards. There's no balance. And I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you, I've heard this about uh, the, the concern about Ben is that he checks to pass constantly. He doesn't trust the running game. They can't get it going. Mm-hmm. I mean, now granted, this week you play the Bengals. And you're gonna be, you'll, you'll be able to do whatever you want to there. Right. But, I mean, do, do I have a reservation of, you know, if the playoffs started right now, I don't look at any of those wild card teams and go, I would feel great about you against them. I mean, if the playoffs started today, they would play the Colts. Yep. The team that just ran all over the Raiders mm-hmm. and has one of the best run defense in the league. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be one-dimensional. It's a question of can Ben outshoot Phillip Rivers? And I, I look at what Tua did yesterday with the Dolphins against Pat Mahomes. All right, you take out Pat, you put in Ben. Do I think Ben can out? shoot to a tongue of Iloa right now? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to rule it out and say, no, he can't, but I mean, it's been an ugly two weeks. I think there's problems there. I'm trying my best to not overreact because I never overreact to small sample size. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, oh, they haven't beaten anybody. Okay. You were 11 and 0 in the NFL. I, you beat 11 NFL teams. Right. And that is hard to do. Well, Absolutely. and that's like I'm going to talk about, you know, after the break. There's something to be said for playing games. What do you mean? 
Well, I teased this earlier of of what my my biggest qualm in college football, what the problem is. Oh yeah, yeah. There's something to be. I've heard a ton of oh the Steelers haven't beaten anybody. They beat eleven NFL teams mm-hmm. in a row. I don't care if you played the eleven worst teams in the league. The fact you didn't get caught at any point says something. That's true because everybody gets caught. Every everybody now and then. gets caught. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles even found some Ugh. luck this week against the New Orleans Saints. Which means we have seven full days of listening to how great Jalen Hurts is. <laughs> oh, Jalen Hurts much more is than the new franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. I feel like you got much more than that. Because they play the Cardinals this week. He has a decent arm for a running back. That's how I feel about Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Much He's like a, you feel about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's it's per, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, I just look at I look at what happened yesterday, and it screams, "Oh, we didn't have tape on them. Oh, why are the receivers so open? Because they're daring you to beat them deep, and you just didn't have to." That looked like a game the Saints walked into. Like we're going to win this by thirty just because we showed up in pads. Mm-hmm. I don't put a lot of stock in that. And look at the uh, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and who they have beat this year. Mm-hmm. They've beaten the Ravens twice. Yeah, they beat the Titans in a yeah. close one. Almost gave that one away. Uh, and it was like they were up by twenty oh, yeah. at one point. Oh yeah, yeah, they were up like twenty-seven to three. Yeah, and ended up allowing three scores down the stretch. Ended up being a, being a three point ball game. I get it, but that's their best wins. Okay, and the Browns you played eleven NFL teams. You played eleven NFL teams and never got caught. And four of the wins you have are against teams that are making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Period. And you're going to have a win against another team that's going to make the playoffs because you played against the NFC East, and one of them is going to have to make the playoffs. I just, I, I just think it's overrated. Oh, they haven't beaten anybody. Okay. You know, I mean, a lot of teams have played bad schedules. Right. Uh, none of them were 11-0. That tells me everything I need to know. This team's still good. Now, am I saying that Ben's completely right? No. Could he be hurt? Sure. He's 106 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, this is his first year off of a, you know, season-ending injury. Could he be, could it be, could he be off? Sure. For me, they've fallen from the second best team in the AFC. I think they have for me as well. And now I think it's a close, uh, and now I think it's closer between them and Tennessee. I don't. I think the three best teams in the AFC are clearly the three best teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Bills and the Steelers are close, and Kansas City is pacing this conference by a marked margin. Right. But the Buffalo Bills getting the win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, it did it did send quite the message. But uh, I don't know. For me, I still feel like Indianapolis made the biggest statement of the weekend. By beating a team that has completely fallen apart. I'm going to disagree for the square. <laughs> You're in the sports tank. That is some good, clean family fun there, ain't God? Right you are. Uh, welcome back into the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You can get us on the Twitter machine at Sports Tank ESPN. Jeremy's at Jeremy 
or at J Green ESPN on the Twitter machine. And uh, all right, so so Jeremy, playing games matters. Here's the thing: you want to know why people like me are so upset about Ohio State? And we've talked about it at nauseum because exactly what happened to Florida. When you don't play the games, you never know mm-hmm. because there has been, there have been teams tripped up by lesser teams all year long. And so we're rewarding LSU by putting them in because we think they're so good. We think Florida's good, right? I, th- I think we all universally understand that Florida's a good oh, yeah. team. Oh, yeah. I would say Florida's one of the five best teams in the country. Agreed. They got tripped up by LSU. And that loss takes them out. Mm-hmm. They have no shot. doesn't matter what happens to, when they play Alabama. That mm-hmm. does not matter. Ohio State didn't do that. Oklahoma got tripped up by Kansas State. You take out the Kansas State loss. Oh, their only loss is to uh, who they lose to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. All right, you rectify that. You beat them in the big in the Big Twelve title game. I think we're having a completely different discussion because a Oklahoma team that would then, in theory, be nine and one, right, and Big Twelve champion, and have avenged their only loss. I think that's a debate. I do, I do too. Ohio State didn't play those games. You have absolutely no idea what would have happened if they'd have played Michigan or, you know, any. I mean, and I'm not saying these teams are good. Right. I'm just saying they didn't play them. And that's the case that, that all of us are so upset. The, the people like me that are so upset about it. Mm-hmm. it. It's a moving scale. And I understand this is a weird year. I get it. Before anybody gives me that lame excuse, I, I get it. I 100% understand that. It does not change the fact that you have got teams like Florida that are on this moving scale of they played. What they will have played eleven games, and you got caught twice. You got caught by Texas A and M at Texas A and M. They're fifth in the country. Mm-hmm. You got caught by an LSU team at home. And I understand. Win the game. I I understand that. But to me, that's comp- and I'm not a huge proponent of fair. Fair is the most annoying word in the English language to me. But it's not. At the end of the day, it's not. It's not that you have a. You know, an eight no Cincinnati team that played everybody in front of them except the ones that canceled on them, mm-hmm. and they canceled the game with Tulsa, so they didn't have to play it twice. That's ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous to me, and there is absolutely nothing that you can tell me that will make me think that this is good or right or fair or any of that, or that it should happen. Because I can cut through your oh well, they're they're a, they're one of the four best teams in the country. How do you know that? Right. Because you think it? Okay, then from now on, uh, I want to recruit really well and play nobody ever. Well, that's what Ohio State's done this year. They've recruited really, really well. They've had, you know, top two, top three classes every year for the past four they years. Recruit and they recruit very think they're well. loaded. And you think they're loaded. You think they're one of the most talented teams in the country. And so far, they've been challenged by only one team on their schedule. And it's the only only team that that they've played that's any good. And I think it's an overrated Indiana team. Yeah. And so they're going to walk into a game against Clemson or Notre Dame or Alabama, and two of those three would beat them to death. Mm Mm-hmm. The other one, I'm not going to lie to you, I I I can't believe I'm going to say this, I think Notre Dame would beat them. I think Texas A&M would beat them. I think Cincinnati would give them a run for their money. I don't think they're that good. Yeah. And I think the step up in competition competition is going to catch them. And I'm hoping it catches them against Northwestern and we can just see the whole world burn. <laughs> Cause it will be massive chaos if that happens. Cause then we do actually have a debate. 
And I'm always for a good spirited debate. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, let's go out to Riverside, California, where some uh, guys were attempting to steal a car from outside of a uh, Target store or, uh, late last week, and they got busted. The weird part of it is they got busted by Santa Claus and an elf. Apparently, Riverside, California police had a uh, had a, a, a undercover detectives dressed up one as Santa Claus, one as an elf, and they were walking around local stores just looking for shoplifters. While they were on the hunt for shoplifters, though, they noticed they noticed a guy out in the parking lot casing some vehicles. Uh, three guys were involved in the attempted stealing of this uh, SUV. One of them was caught inside the vehicle. Two alleged accomplices saw the detective and ran. One of them was caught by a gun-toting elf in that same parking lot. And then uh, just a couple of blocks away, one was uh, fighting with a plain-clothed clo- plain officer until Santa showed up to <laughs> help bring the perp uh, down. Just goes to show you, um, you know, you you need to be on the on the lookout for things like that. But I'm glad to know that the boys in blue, they've got some tricks up their sleeves for the holiday season to make sure that everybody is safe. I just shared this story on my Twitter. It's the greatest video I've ever seen. Las Vegas police arrested a man who they said they found clinging to the wing of an Alaska Airlines jet on the tarmac Saturday afternoon. No. Cell phone video show the man wearing what looks like khaki-colored sweatpants and a fanny pack. Don't wear a fanny pack in public. <laughs> shimmying along the wing as bemused passengers stare out the window. At one point, he rolls his pants legs up, pant legs up, appears to throw his shoes at cops on the ground, and then tries to climb even higher. A group of officers walks out on the wing, but before they reach him, he loses his grip and falls to the pavement, appearing to strike his head. (laughs) Oh, no. He falls legitimately 20 feet. Ouch. And doesn't even kind of brace for the impact, and then he bounced a little bit. Why he was out on the, the wing of the plane? I have absolutely no idea. Sources say drugs may have been involved. Uh, that's actually in the story. Authorities <laughs> right. say that mental illness or impairment, because <laughs> right. those was are the only two involved. Those are the only two explanations you have. Here's my question: I have flown probably a thousand times in my life. Okay, you know what? I've never had access to the wing of a plane. How in the world did he get up there? What, did he just run out there like it was Area 51? Like, I'm just going to hop up here today. How did you let him get there? No clue. And it's things like that that scare me, honestly. Not going to lie, never scared me until now. And you know why? Because I've never been on an airplane and gone, well, look at that guy. I wonder what he's doing. (laughs) He's just out there doing stuff. There's something on the wing. (laughs) I would have laughed at that if I knew what it was from. (laughs) That was the Ace Ventura joke. Never seen it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but speaking of that, we are starting a new segment on this show 
every day from now until Christmas. We call it Jeremy's 12 Days of Christmas Movies. Sounds like someone needs to sing a Christmas carol. No way. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. If you believe in this spirit thing, you the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these who says, Christmas is once a year, and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You've just got to want that feeling. I have never seen the vast majority of Christmas movies. And so Tank has convinced me that I need to watch them between now and Christmas. Yes. So I started with one that a lot of you have told me is good, and you all lied to me aggressively. No, we didn't. Elf is quite possibly the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. You're I so I, can, I could count on one hand the number of movies I've ever walked away from and went, that was worse. Mm-hmm. Jason X was worse. That movie was worse. Okay. But the premise of that was they took a frozen Jason Voorhees on a spaceship, and he somehow mutated with the plane. <laughs> that was only marginally worse than Elf. Why did you hate it so much? Because it was awful. It wasn't awful. It was good. It was horrendous. It's a cheery I Christmas I didn't movie. laugh not one time. It, then you're made of stone. I didn't laugh not one time. Because that movie is hilarious. And it had Zoe Deschanel in it, which I'm just not a fan of. You stop that right I, now. Uh, just, God, she just irritates me. She and I don't doesn't know, why. know it, but we're soulmates. And the, <laughs> the, 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 the scene with her singing, Baby, It's Cold Outside, that's. That's, awful. That's, that's, it's no, awful. It that's touched the, me that's, in a special way. That's the word that you're looking for. It was awful. No, Just like the rest of that She's movie. got a beautiful voice. What are you talking about? I, I will say she does have a very pretty singing voice, but that movie was terrible. No, no. It's, it's the whole premise of the movie want. is he was he somehow snuck into Santa's bag at the North Pole. Or, or, or right. when, when Santa showed up at the orphanage, orphanage, yeah. orphanage, and then an elf just goes, "I'll raise him as my own." Right. And the the thing that drove me the most crazy is he said, "I live on a steady diet of maple syrup, candy, and something else." And I'm like, "That's stupid! You would weigh nine hundred pounds. You're not an elf. You might think you're an elf, but you're not." That movie was ridiculously oh, stupid no. and if you disagree with me at jay green espn on twitter tell me what i missed come on folks we got we got to do this because he asked me what name one funny part of the movie when he jumps on the couch to put the star on top of the christmas tree that they cut down in central park and then falls which into is the tree. a felony it's hilarious. which is a felony so what it was stupid. <laughs> it was not. It was a wonderful story about, you know, warming the Grinch's heart. Obviously James Kahn, the father. Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great story. Now I will say I did watch another one since, the, the parts since there's with, only wait, 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 wait. The parts with Peter Dinklage, you didn't think that was, those parts were no. funny. Come no, I didn't. on. No. Oh, I he's didn't. an angry elf. Uh, yep. Stupid. <laughs> will Farrell is my size. Yeah. And Peter Dinklage beat him senseless. Stupid. I did watch another one, though, and it was good. I watched Home Alone for the first time. And Home Alone was good. Mm-hmm. I will say I can't see Macaulay Culkin as a child and not see him as an adult, and it freaks me out. 
Okay. I couldn't do it. I tried. I really tried to just see wholesome, little, innocent child Macaulay Culkin, you saw, and I couldn't. So you saw the first one? Yes. You, you didn't see Home Alone 2? Wait, they did this again? Of course they did. They actually, I think they did it like four times. I think Macaulay Culkin was so only I, in the first two, but... I was about to say, did we choose another family? Like, how bad can these people be that they keep leaving him at home? <laughs> no, the second one, he didn't, he wasn't at home. The second one, they were going to Florida for the holiday and he got on the wrong plane and ended up going to New York. And so he's just hanging out in New York, using dad's credit card, staying at the Plaza Hotel. I yeah, and I, then guess what? Walking down the street, oh no, there are the two robbers. Yeah, same guys. It was Joe Pesci and Daniel it was Joe Stern Pesci again. and Daniel Stern. They had broken out of prison, and they were hanging out in New York, <sighs> and they just so happened to cross each other on the street. Yep, I will say the scene where he's talking to the old man that he was so scared of, and he tells him to call his son because it's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. There's very little that will touch me in my feelings, but that that kind of did. I'm not gonna lie. The scene with the bird lady in Home Alone too that was a pretty touching moment as well. I haven't seen it. I know you haven't seen it, but I'm just. I think it was. I think it was kind of on par. I am Christmas movies. Look, you have to you have to go into it realizing what it is. There's going to be some fantasy to what's going on here, especially in the in, in in the terms of Elf. Look, I, I mean, he walked I through the candy cane forest. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Christmas movies, mm-hmm. but I will say my favorite one is It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. That is a wonderful Christmas movie. Yes. I got killed on social media because I teased this segment and people read it as I said, all Christmas movies are bad. Mm-hmm. I did not say that. First of all, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Nope. You will not convince me that Stop it is. It. The Dark Knight or uh, uh, Batman Returns. That, that one is not that, one, that one's a, a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. It is no. Christopher Walken plays the mayor, and he's corrupt, and it was fantastic. <laughs> Let me go, and I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you a star. It, it, it's fantastic. That's that. That is good cinema. That is good cinema. And you know who agrees with me? Nick Chubb agrees with me. Oh, really? Have you seen his Instagram today? No, I haven't. He posted the most ominous-looking picture of Batman I've ever seen, which means he's probably going to run for about four bills tonight. Okay. You don't break out Batman on Instagram to go 17 for 74 yards. I'm just throwing that out there. I think it's funny that you think Batman is that type of an inspirational character. 100%. You're talking to a man wearing a Batman watch right now, and it's a nice watch, too. Again, because he thinks that's the superhero movie that could actually happen. It is the superhero movie that could actually happen. <laughs> you stop with that. Absolutely, unequivocally, no. 100%. No. And it would be Elon Musk. No. And I can only send him so many Twitter messages that say that. All right, so we will look forward to another one of uh, Jeremy's 12 Days of Christmas reviews tomorrow. I will be taking recommendations uh, at Jay Green ESPN on Twitter. At the Sportsocracy on mm-hmm. Facebook. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what to watch. And frankly, after Tank told me I should start with Elf, I, I have no faith in him. I never told you you should I have start lost with Elf. All faith. I'm, I'm pulling a Jerry Seinfeld. I have lost all faith in this shirt. <laughs> I have lost all faith in your ability to uh, tell me Well, movies. since you told me earlier today that you have not seen Scrooged, I believe that should be on the list. I didn't know what that was. 
It's a Christmas Carol, but it's a modern Christmas Carol with Bill Murray, where he plays the TV exec, and it follows the same story. Yeah, I, I and I like Bill Murray, so that oh, it, Bill, Bill Murray is a good start. Dude, Bill Murray, Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, his voice drives me nuts. It doesn't get much better than that. His voice drives me (laughs) insane. Yeah. I think you'll like that. Buster Poindexter makes a a cameo in that movie as well. I'm taking all recommendations. So if if something happens to uh, pop up a lot of times, that's what I'll watch. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no preconceived notion here. The only things you can't say are it's a wonderful life because I've seen that. Uh... Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. I've seen that too. Which one? The remake. Mm. If you throw if you throw me a movie that was made in 1942, <laughs> sorry, out. You were autom- you were automatically disqualified from the really? competition. Holiday Inn. I think you should see Holiday Inn. I stayed at a Holiday Inn one time. That's as close as I'm going to come because I have a feeling that movie was made before my parents I were born. Really, I really want you to see Holiday Inn because I think that is a movie that you will look at and you will go, oh, bet they don't show that one on television anymore. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's got some special parts in it. Not too PC for today's culture. We'll I, just I, just, I just want something good. And preferably mm-hmm. made, you know, since I was born. Well, that not, would be fabulous. Well, it's not Holiday Inn. I'll yeah. tell you that right well, now. Well, that's it's already out. If it's older than if if literally it was made before my parents were born, I'm already out. Wait, what year was your was your dad born? Late fifties. I I couldn't tell you what year. Mm. I think. Might be early sixties. Because I think you do need to see White Christmas. Oh, wait a minute. I can figure this out. Dad just barely missed Vietnam, which ended in seventy so yeah, fifty late fifties. We'll go late fifties mm-hmm. somewhere there. Mm-hmm. I think you do do need to see White Christmas. It's nothing like Bing Crosby and Danny Kay tap uh, dancing away. Tap dancing? Oh out. yeah, yeah, I'm out. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Any musicals you're you're not you're nope. not in for it? Nope. Unless come you want on. me to just come on here and say how much I hate every movie you've thrown at me. <laughs> you might want to work harder at finding one that I might like. <laughs> the Ref with Dennis Leary. I've never even heard of that. Dennis Leary, Kevin Spacey. It's a Christmas movie. I don't like how you did the air quotes when you said Well, that. I mean, it's based around Christmas. It's a holiday movie, but it's, you know, it's not your general, it's not your usual feel-good holiday flick. It's like family's in turmoil, and here comes, uh, here comes the criminal <laughs> to muck things up. Anywho. The second of Jeremy's uh, 12 Days of Christmas movies will be uh, will be on the way tomorrow right here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. We have uh, apparently a new ACC commissioner. Sources are reporting that Northwestern Athletic Director Jim Phillips is going to be the guy who takes over for John Swafford uh, once he retires in June. John Swafford's led the ACC for 24 years, of course, this year he has uh, worked out the deal with Notre Dame to join the conference just for this COVID year only. Um, but Jeremy and I both have had our thoughts that maybe this Notre Dame thing is going to last for a while. I just think it's interesting that this new guy has ties to Notre Dame. I think we've all seen you pretty much have to be tied to a conference to get into the playoff at this point. I agree. 
And I don't think there's any disputing that. I don't either. I, I mean, I, I look for BYU to try to get into a conference. I mean, is it the and I think if you're a Group of Five team, you have to be looking at Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina, going, "What more could you possibly do?" I, you know, I still think we need to go sixteen teams, uh, sixteen teams in all the Power Fives. Just boost oh, them up in and, all the in thought, all the Power Five. All, every Power Five conference needs to be sixteen teams, and you get you know you get a good mixture in all of those. You know, and then you'll have a place in you know your Boise State will be in a Power Five conference. Um, you know, you could throw Cincinnati and Memphis and teams like that into Power Five conferences. So what if they're at the tail end of the Big Ten? Eventually, they'll you know, especially in the Big Ten, the way it is this year anyway, they'll rise right up the rankings in those conferences. Disagree? No, I I agree with you. That's. That's not what I was laughing at. <laughs> LeVar Ball did a did a thing. LeVar Ball did a thing? Mm-hmm. What did he do? So, LiAngelo was with the Pistons. Yep. He was waived this morning. Yep. This is also the team that allegedly he was trying to get Lonzo traded to. So, you know, the Pistons were, this was a destination for his sons. Well, LiAngelo got cut, and his response the franchise over there is raggedy as blank. <laughs> but, hey, they're going to learn the hard way. Oh, yeah. Because they cut LiAngelo. Yeah, they're going to be kicking themselves for cutting loose LiAngelo ball. What about the other 47 teams in 19 oh, leagues gosh. that have cut LiAngelo? Right. Are they going to be kicking themselves as well? <laughs> Speaking of the ball family, though, uh, LaMelo Ball, he's got some new digs. He bought a house. Well, he actually, he bought a condo. He bought Cam Newton's condo. $2.9 million in downtown Charlotte. LaMelo Ball takes up residence now in the uh, former residence of Cam Newton, uh, which, you know, this actually puts him in the same building as Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan lives two floors above that. That's not a bad idea. No. In a city you don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've got the owner of the team two floors above you. Yep. That's not a bad idea. It's not at all. Uh, and you know what? I'm I'm trying to be open-minded about this thing. I didn't like it on draft night. I didn't like LaMelo Ball coming to, to Charlotte. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't trust the Gordon Hayward thing. But you know what? At this point, anything's better than where we were. And hopefully, hopefully the Hornets will be able to put something together this year with this team. Do you have high hopes? Do you think they'll be dead set in the playoff discussion? Oh, I think they'll, be, they'll the be relevant. They'll be in the discussion. I can't tell you how relevant. But will it be? I mean, but will this be like they'll be just where they have been on the outside of the eight seed, just threatening for that eighth spot? Or no, do you think I this think actually puts them in the mix? I think they're somewhere in that six, seven, eight range between him and Gordon Hayward. Okay. I also, but that'd make me feel real good, but okay. Well, I mean, how much better do you want than that? They're not better than Milwaukee. They're not better than the Raptors. They're not better than the Heat. Agreed. I mean, I, I keep doing this. Mm-hmm. I'd get to, there's probably five that are clearly better than them. Right. But this is going to be a weird year in the NBA. Short offseason, things like that. The Houston Rockets are absolutely out of their mind in what they're asking for for James Harden. Uh, the next person I hear say, uh, they all, all they want for James Harden is Ben Simmons and three ones. You lost me at Ben Simmons. I was out after that. 
You could have said Ben Simmons and a pack of Juicy Fruit, and I would have said, I'm going to pass. <laughs> I don't think that's happening at all. Well, apparently it's been a non-starter for Philadelphia. Of so course it has. As well it should be. Why would you split up Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Well, they haven't played particularly well together, but Ben Simmons is also 10 years younger. Mm-hmm. James Harden's such a good scorer, yep, and he's never made anybody better in his life. Nope. And with his contract, and they, they should be getting picks. Philadelphia should be getting picks to take on James Harden. If we're giving up Ben Simmons, 100%. who could be a cornerstone for the next 10 years for an NBA franchise, and you're going to give me an, an aged star who's not going to be relevant in another four years, five years? Well, here's my question. How did Ben Simmons and John Wall play together? Because neither one of them can shoot. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of was, oh, so we're just going straight team gets mine at the rim oh, every yeah. play? Oh, okay. yeah. Drive the basket. You got John Wall and Ben Simmons at the top of the key going, your turn, my turn. Uh, All right, you got the ball. You go. All right, we got Monday Night Football coming up tonight. Ravens and the Cleveland Browns coming up after the break. We'll have your monkey knife fight play of the night. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. It's time to have some fun with daily fantasy props on monkeyknifefight.com. Go to the website, set up your account if you have not yet, monkeyknifefight.com, and use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. They will match your initial investment up to $50 as well as give you a $5 free play, which you can use on tonight's game. In Monday Night Football, Jeremy, what does uh, what's the free money play of the night? I am playing the rapid fire two by two three and a half x multiplier. You can literally start your account on Monkey Knife Fight for as little as ten dollars. They will give you a free five dollar uh, entry to play this. If you use that, it will take your five dollar entry and turn it into seventeen fifty. And I'm going to level with you. I've said free money on this a lot. Yep. I don't see how this one doesn't cover. I'm taking Baker Mayfield. Minus 30 and a half passing yards over Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who has broken 200 yards three times in since week one. Okay. And I'm taking Nick Chubb minus 31 and a half rushing yards over J.K. Dobbins, who may or may not be the number one running back for the Baltimore Ravens. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're going to run no less than three of them. Right. This is as free money as it gets to me. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb over Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins. All right, monkeyknifefight.com, promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. Just a quick update on Florida men's basketball player Keontae Johnson, who collapsed during the Florida State game. Over the weekend, he has been moved from a hospital in Tallahassee to a hospital in Gainesville, Florida. They have uh, put him in a medically induced coma. Still don't know why he collapsed. But it is a very sad situation. Um, And again, thoughts and prayers go out to Keontae and his family.